say hey, want to welcome everybody all weekend long at our Plantation campus. Also want to welcome our services happening at our Gateway campus. Welcome to you guys. Also everybody who is watching online and participating across the country and other nations. Man, we're just pumped that you would take some time and be with us this weekend as we continue our What If series. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about this idea of what if this could be the best year of our lives. What if this could be the best year of our lives? And we talked about the fact that it, we all have that desire. We all want that. And so this series is geared around four promises that God makes to us in his word. And there are four promises that go all the way back to the days of Moses when he delivered his people, God's people, out of slavery in Egypt and bondage into freedom. And some of you know that at the beginning of the year, we kind of set the stage for the entire year, talking about the fact that, that we're going to be a church this year that focuses on how we move from slavery to freedom in every area of our life. And it starts with keying in on these four promises. So in week one of our What If series, we talked about the idea that God wants us to be saved, salvation, and that promise that he makes for us. And then last weekend, part two, Pastor Kyle Jackson, one of our teaching pastors here at Next Level, talked about us being delivered. And man, oh man, what an incredible message that was from Pastor Kyle as he just talked about and brought it down to our level of of what it means to truly live in deliverance, delivered from our past. Such an incredible message by Pastor Kyle. And so this weekend, we're going to key in on the third promise, and that is the promise that God says, I will redeem you, that you will be redeemed. And so here's, see, here's the thing. When we talk about the idea of being saved and then delivered, those first two promises, for most people, they get stuck right there. That they, they get into this circle, this doom loop, if you will, of, of saved and delivered. And then because they never get past their past and they end up stumbling, they end up in kind of this cycle. And maybe some of you, you know what I'm talking about. Maybe this week already, last week your life was impacted and you were changed and Pastor Kyle's words and just came alive to you and just light bulbs went off and you had an encounter with Jesus in terms of deliverance. But you've already stumbled somewhere in, in your walk with God, and you're thinking, oh, man, here I go again. Okay, listen, in order for us to move into that place that God wants us, that promised land, if you will, to have the best year of our lives, to, to reach our destiny and be successful, to live our dream, we must be able to move past saved, delivered, into redeemed. And the way we do that is to grow. We have to grow. And so this weekend at all of our services, I want to talk to us about how we grow. If you have your Bible or a smartphone or a tablet device with a Bible app on it, I would love for you to turn or click with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1 is where we're going to land. And while you're turning there, let me give us a little background information. Peter was one of Jesus' inner circle, his, his big three, if you will, Peter, James, and John. And so while Jesus was in his earthly ministry on earth, Peter was right there next to Jesus. Well, the letters, we know them as, as books of the Bible, but the letters of 1 Peter and 2 Peter were actually written uh, during Peter's last days. That he knows that his death is imminent, that he's been, you know, captured and bound up, and they're probably going to put him to death because of his belief in Jesus and his preaching of the gospel. And so he knows his days are limited. So in that process of knowing his time on earth was short, he writes a letter to his followers and basically says, listen, whether I'm here or gone, Here's what you need to focus on. Here's how you keep living the life God dreams for you to live. Here's how you reach your potential. Here's how you reach your destiny. Here's how you do that. And so when we pick up his verses, it's found in 2 Peter chapter 1, his writings. He says this, 
His divine power, speaking of God, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life. Plain and simple, Next Level Church, we've already been given from Jesus everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him, speaking of Jesus, who called us by His own glory and goodness. His divine power has already given us everything we need to move past saved and delivered into redeemed and fulfilled. This is how you grow. This is how you get there. And so then the Apostle Peter lays out for us eight principles, eight things we need to focus on and continually grow in in order to reach our full potential in God. Look, he goes on in verse 5, he says, For this very reason, giving all diligence. In other words, give yourself to these. Put the pedal to the metal, baby. This is what you're supposed to aim at. This is what you're supposed to focus on for this very reason. Giving all diligence. Focus your life, your aim on growing in these areas. He says, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to, here's the first one, your faith. Number one, maybe when you came in, you were handed a bulletin. Maybe you want to pull out that slip of paper and flip it over. You can see this, this chart that's there. It's kind of a pie chart, I suppose. And if it were my pie chart, which I guess it is, I would prefer apple pie. As a matter of fact, I, I tend to like apple pie. And as a matter of fact, I tend to not like rhubarb pie. Just thought you should know that. Whoever created rhubarb pie, it's like sandpaper in my mouth. Ew, okay? It's gross. Apple pie. It's always about the apple pie. It's about the caramel on top. Come on, somebody. Woo, love apple pie. Okay, first slice of the pie is faith. Peter says, listen, it all begins and ends with faith. Faith is the foundation of every good thing in our life. He says, you've got to lay the foundation of faith. And so for us here at Next Level Church, that is always our aim. That is our focus, to do whatever we possibly can to put the tools into your hands that you need to be able to continually grow in your faith. That's why from time to time you'll hear us talk about our soap guides, that every so often we put out a soap guide. And here's why, because we want the Word of God, the Bible, to be a book that you know how to read and then apply to our life. And these soap guys, this soap, S-O-A-P, is a way, a simple way that we found several years ago on how to do that, how to read God's word and then apply it to our life. And so that's the way we study the Bible. That's why we create soap guides, because there's nothing worse than reading something and not knowing what it says or how to apply it. If you don't believe me, just try and read the manual to your car. It's awful, right? You get, to re you get done reading a whole section and you're like, I have no idea what that just said. I'm no better off. Well, heaven forbid we feel that way about the Bible, God's word, that has the power to impact our life. And so soap is how we do that. Why? That's a tool. That's a simple tool that we want to put into your hands so that every single one of us can grow in our faith. That's the point. That's why you'll hear us talk about First Monday prayer and fasting. Because we believe that the, the discipline of prayer and then coupled with the discipline of fasting, in other words, going without so that you can aim your earthly or, or human desire on God instead of something human like food for a day or a meal or a couple of meals. 
that prayer and fasting, we, we set aside the first business day of every month to basically say, let's recalibrate. Why? Because that is a spiritual discipline that helps us grow in our faith. And Peter says, listen, the starting point of all of this, the starting point of growing into everything you believe God wants you to be is faith. And you've got to nail that foundation. And some of us, we need to focus on that. This year, that's one of those areas we need to focus on. So he continues. He says, listen, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. What's another word for virtue? Well, it's character. Add to your faith character. See, here's what I've learned a long time ago. That every time I want to go to a new level or the next level, in my life or in my relationship with God or in my marriage or in my parenting or in my career, every time I want to go to a new level, I've got to dig down another layer deeper into the foundation of my character. Because here's, here's the danger of our world today. The danger for so many of us is that our talent, our ability, our success, our desire has the potential to take us further that our character can sustain us. And here's what I think. I think that even right now, some of us in our minds, I can see a picture of someone's face that lived that reality. That they were talented, they were gifted, they were amazing, they were great. But their talent took them further than their character had the ability to sustain them. And consequently, they blew up a marriage or two. They derailed a relationship with their children because their character fell apart, because of character issues that they refused to deal with. And so next level, here's what I would challenge us with this year. If we're truly going to embrace the promises of God and we're going to grow into all that God wants us to this year, then we've got to add to our faith character. What character issues exist in your life that you've been neglecting or looking over or, or skimming around or, or ignoring, thinking that, that it won't catch up with you. Listen, now's the time. We will never become everything God wants for us to become as long as we're ignoring the character issues of our heart. And Peter says, if you're going to become everything God wants you to become, then you've got to add to your faith virtue. Then he goes on and he says, add to virtue knowledge. Add to virtue knowledge. The third component is Knowledge. See, here's what I want us to understand. It is healthy and right for us to always be growing in our knowledge of Jesus Christ. And here's the good news. The good news is because of the technological age that we live in today, it has never been easier for us as believers in Jesus, followers of God, to grow in our knowledge of him. It's never been easier for us through, through listening to podcasts or watching, you know, other pastors and churches online from around the country or around the world that we have the ability to feed ourselves. And if we here at Next Level Church, listen, we want you to do that. That is our heart, that our Sunday mornings, our weekend experiences have never been meant to be the only meal we ever eat. And our desire is that you and I would become self-feeders, that we would pursue growing in our knowledge base. But, but here's the thing, a couple of thoughts on that. The first one is this. The, the first thing I want us to, to see is it's easy sometimes and tempting for people who have been walking with Jesus for a long, long time to focus on this knowledge piece of this growth pie, if you will, 
to, to the extreme until all of a sudden this, this one starts to come out further and it, and it becomes, the, the whole thing gets, gets out of whack because all they want to focus on is grow, grow deeper, deeper. I need deeper, deeper. I need more meat, deep, 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 knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. Okay, listen, there's nothing wrong with that except that when that's our focus to an unhealthy extreme, to the neglect of these other areas of the pie, all of a sudden we... We cap out. All of a sudden, we're missing the whole point. Peter says, that's not how you grow. Knowledge is a part of it. But it's not the whole deal. And we've got to keep that in right perspective. The second thing I would say about this whole knowledge thing, and even, you know, watching and listening and reading other pastors and listening to other churches around the country uh, is this. I have two boys, Will and Drew. Will is 14, Drew is 11. And throughout the, our parenting journey and, and, you know, walking with our kids as they've been growing up, one of the things that we'll say from time to time is we'll, we'll say to them, you know what, we're not going to talk like that because we're Kellers, and Kellers don't talk like that. You know what, we're not going to act like that. You know why? Because we're Kellers, and Kellers don't act that way. Other kids may act that way. Other, other families may do that. Okay, so this is not because daddy's a pastor. Okay, no, 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 no. This is because we're Kellers. And Kellers talk a certain way. And Kellers do a certain things. And somebody else may have different rules or whatever, but this is the spirit of our house. This is how we do it as Kellers. So watch this. There are some amazing, amazing teachers of the Word of God out there in the body of Christ today. Amazing. But not all teachers of the Bible have the same spirit about them. Not all teachers of the Bible have the same emphasis, if you will, about them. And so here's what I would say to you. If you call Next Level Church your home, you're a Next Levelite, okay? Here's what I would say. As you're listening to someone else, which again, I think is great. If you pick up on something or you hear something that doesn't feel like Next Level, that doesn't feel like home, that doesn't feel like us, don't just brush that off. Because there are some teachers of the Bible whose hearts are pure gold but have a more negative bent or a more condemning bent. And here's what you have to do. We have to be careful. This is, the Bible tells us to be discerning of spirits and not just the evil spirits, but to be discerning in our approach to these things. And if it doesn't feel like home, if it doesn't feel like next level, then listen, we have to be very, very careful that that other stream, that other flow, that other spirit doesn't come in and begin to contaminate our heart for the very things of God that he's trying to grow and build in us. And so Peter says, add to your faith virtue. Add to virtue, knowledge. Add to knowledge, he says, self-control. Let me say this. A person with knowledge and no self-control is dangerous. A person with knowledge and no self-control is dangerous. I learned a long, long time ago a leadership axiom over two decades ago that I've learned and have taught and applied to my life, and it's this, that if you want to go up, you have to give up. Every time we want to go up, we have to give up. And so listen, Next Level, if we really want to go up in our marriage this year, if we really want to go up in our relationship with Jesus Christ this year, if we really want 2015 to be the best year ever, then we've got to be willing to up our self-control. We've got to give up. We've got to sacrifice some things. Here's what I've learned. I've learned that whenever I, I go up into any area of my life, there are sacrifices that have to be made. And those of us who've been walking with Jesus for quite a while know and understand what I'm talking about. I'm talking about sacrifices like 
what we listen to might have to change. What we watch, what we, what we let enter into our eye gate or our ear gate, so to speak, or what we put in our mouth may have to change. We may have to change. There are some things that, that have to have a different level of self-control because of where we want to go in God. That's called discipline. And the root word of discipline is disciple. And if we want to become a disciple of Jesus Christ at the highest level and reach our destiny, our full potential, then we must embrace discipline, also known as self-control. Peter says that's how you get there. That's how you live a redeemed life. That's how you grow. Add to your faith virtue. Add to virtue knowledge. He goes on, add to knowledge self-control. Add to self-control perseverance. Perseverance is the fifth piece of the puzzle that we're putting together. Add to self-control, perseverance. Listen, here's what I know. I know that if you and I are going to make it our aim to become everything God has called us to become this year, to make this the best year of our life, to go from slave to free in every area of our life, then guess what's going to happen? We're going to come under attack. And here's why. Because Satan, the devil, the enemy of our souls is not at all pleased. He's not at all happy with the decision that we've made to go further and become more in God than we've ever been before. And he's going to blitzkrieg us. That's a German word for attack, baby. What up? My name is Keller. That means basement in German. I got translato all up in here right now. That's amazing. I am fluente in multiple languages. De nada. I have no idea what language I'm speaking right now think it's English most of the time. Here's the point. What am I even talking about? Oh, yeah, perseverance. I love this TV. Okay, here's, here's the deal. Perseverance. Listen, some of us, you look around your life this weekend, and you feel like you are under attack. Man, you feel like the wheels are coming off. You feel like you're in a season that is just where you're going under and not over. You feel like you're, you're going to die. You feel like there's this pressure and temptation on you, and I want you to know something you got to persevere. you got to keep tracking. Man, I think about the first two years of starting Next Level Church, and I'll be honest with you, it wasn't always this awesome, okay? It wasn't always this, like, lights and screens and foggy and awesome, okay? It wasn't always like this. In those first couple of years, it was so hard, and I remember in those first couple of years coming across something that said the reason a bulldog's face is flat is so that they can bite something and hold on and keep breathing, and I remember going back to our team going, guys, that's us. We're going to be bulldogs, man. We're going to grab a hold of this church plant thing and this dream of, of planting a church and starting a different kind of church that would reach people who are far from God. And we're going to hold on no matter how hard it gets, no matter how tough it is. And that way we're just going to keep breathing and keep holding on because God's in this thing. And I'm so glad we didn't quit. And listen, if you're here in one of our services this weekend and you're facing something that you feel like is just going to wreck you and be the end of you, I want you to know something. Today is the day that you don't get to quit. Today's the day where you don't give up. Why? Because God is with you and he is for you and he's fighting on your behalf. And nothing good in our life comes without a struggle and a fight. Persevere. Some of you, you got a husband that's trying to talk you out of your decision. You got, you got co-workers that are trying to get all up in your face about it, and they're just giving you the what for. Listen, don't quit. Don't quit. Not today. Not today. You don't get to quit today. Jesus is with you, and he is working on your behalf. Don't quit. Not today. Persevere. And Peter says, listen, if you're going to grow into everything God wants you to be, then you've got to work on perseverance. 
He continues on. Add to perseverance, he says, godliness. What is godliness? Well, quite honestly, godliness is that our lives would look more like God. Every minute of every day, of every week, every month, every year, we would look more like God. That no matter what season we're in, we're aware of the fact that God is using our circumstances, using that season to make us more like him. So some of us, you're walking through a valley right now. Guess what? God wants to use that season to make you look more like him. Some of us are on the mountaintop, and things are going fantastic, and it's all green lights, which is something that never happens here in Southwest Florida this time of year. But for you and your life, it is, and you know what I'm talking about. Guess what? Even in your success, God wants to use your mountaintop to make you look more like him. Peter actually was the guy who, who addressed this. In the Mount of Transfiguration, if you're familiar with Bible study, you know the story. Jesus and his inner three, Peter, James, and John, go up on this mountain. And God comes down, and they have, like, the most incredible church service ever. And God is there, and it's, like, this amazing thing. And at one point, Peter is so caught up in this mountaintop experience that he grabs Jesus, and he's like, Jesus, we need to stay here forever. Like, we need to build, like, three tabernacles and just be like, this is home, man. We never need to leave this mountain. And you think it, it, Jesus would be like, yeah, this is pretty cool, isn't it? But no, no, no. Jesus actually rebukes him. Jesus is like, Peter, listen. We will never reach our destiny up here. We can only reach our destiny when we go back down there where the people are. And some of us, we need to hear that this weekend. Listen, some of us keep being annoyed and upset at the fact that every day of our life is not a mountaintop. It's not supposed to be. You and I never fulfill our destiny. You and I never become more like God by only living on the mountaintops or expecting every day to be a mountaintop. The only way we become more like Jesus, the, the only way we reach our full potential is when we get down with the people and let the people of our workplace iron, sharpen iron and, and grind us and make us more like Christ and more dependent on him. The only way we become more like Jesus is to get down with the, in our family with all of the stickiness and messiness that is our family. That's when Jesus molds us and shapes us into his image. So stop rebuking your everydayness about life. Start embracing it for what it is. Another opportunity today to look more like God at the end of the day. Peter says, listen, if you want to reach your full potential, add to faith virtue, add to virtue knowledge, add to knowledge self-control, add to self-control perseverance, add to perseverance godliness, add to godliness brotherly kindness. Brotherly kindness. What is brotherly kindness? Quite honestly, it's relationship. He says, listen, life is lived in the middle of relationship." We all need each other. Plain and simple, we need others around us of like precious faith, the Bible says, who are on this same faith journey that we're on, that we can rub shoulders with and open up to and be vulnerable and authentic with. We need others where we can, we can practice and grow in brotherly kindness. That's why three times a year here at Next Level Church, we put out a connection group magazine. That's why three times a year we put up a tent and pull out all the stops and have Connect Weekend because this is an opportunity for us to find relationship. That's why we have three kinds of groups, growth groups, activity groups, and outreach groups so that we can have an easy on-ramp, whatever our passion is, whatever our interests are, to find others 
and practice brotherly kindness. That's why we do what we do. That's why we've set up the tent. That's why we have Connect Weekend in a magazine. That's the easiest way we know how to create on-ramps so that every single one of us who are part of Next Level Church can find relationship. And then finally, Peter says, add to brotherly kindness, love. Add to brotherly kindness, love. The end game of everything for Peter in terms of growing into our full potential was love. The Apostle Paul said of love that it was the greatest of everything. And Jesus himself said and commanded us that we were to love our neighbor, listen to this, as we love ourselves. What? Love other people? Love your homeowners association president? My neighbor? As I love myself? Listen, I don't know about you. That's going to take me a lifetime. You want deep. Love your neighbors yourself. Peter said, listen, that is the thing that completes the picture. And when we focus on these things, that's when we grow. He continues on, matter of fact, verse 11, he says, For if these things, these eight, are yours and abound, they're increasing in your life, you will be neither barren or unfruitful. In other words, your life will matter. Your influence will grow. You will bear fruit in your life in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Then he continues on and he says, for he who lacks these things, so when we don't focus on these eight things, that guy is short-sighted even to blindness. In other words, we are flying blind when we're not focusing on these eight things. And it's forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. And then look at this verse. I love this. Therefore, brothers, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure to focus on these things. For if you do these things, these eight things, look what he says. You will never stumble. What? What? You will never Stumble? No more saved, delivered, saved, delivered, saved, delivered, saved. No more loop, no more cycle, no more going back. You will never stumble when you're growing constantly in faith, virtue, knowledge. Self-control. When you're growing, perseverance, godliness. When you're growing in brotherly kindness and love, you will never stumble. Isn't that what we all want? Isn't that the definition of the greatest year possible? I think it is. So here's... My question for every one of us in all of our services all weekend long, here's the question. When you look at these, what do you see? Where are your bottom two? What are your bottom two? When you look at these, you go, man, the, okay, that one I need to work on. Okay, that perseverance, I need to work on that. Okay, character, virtue stuff, I need to work on that. Where are your two? What are your bottom two? Here's your homework. For the next 60 days, 
focus on those. For the next 60 days, determine I'm going to pull out all of the stops and fill up those and get my pie more well-rounded. I'm going to figure this thing out. For the next 60 days, I'm going to hone in on those bottom two and get those up where they need to be. That way I can keep growing in my faith and I won't be held back. I don't want to stumble. And then here's my question for all of us. That brotherly kindness one, I think we all have to admit, right, that we need work in relationships. We need help. Some of us, we have reached a lid in our life. We've reached a lid in our relationship with Christ. And the whole reason why is because of brotherly kindness. Because the relationships that you have around you aren't such that they are, they are pushing you forward and higher in your life. And so here's my challenge to every single person in all of our services. Go outside. Make it happen. Go look at the connection groups. Go meet some leaders. Go high-five some people. Go shake some hands. Take that time to be intentional. And some of you, some of us need to be in connection groups this spring for someone else. Because that's your ministry. That's a way for you to be in ministry, to touch someone else's life, to impact them, to share your story. Because Peter says, listen, we all need each other. Recently, I received an email from a woman who's been a part of our church for quite a while. And she emailed me and she was telling me her story. That over the last several years, she's went through some really, really difficult circumstances. And in this email she had written to me, she, she said, and Matt, I, honestly, I had lost my joy. And I hadn't experienced joy in a long time. And then I went to a euchre connection group, a card playing connection group of all things. And she said, what I felt that night at that euchre group was love and acceptance and fun and camaraderie and friendship. And she wrote in her email, she said, and when I got in my car, I started to cry. Because for the first time in years, I was experiencing true joy again in my life. Guess what? She serves on our hospitality team. She's leading connection groups now. Her life has been changed. And she's being used by God to change others because of a Euchre connection. Here's the point. We all need each other. If we're ever going to embrace and live the promises of God, saved, delivered, redeemed, fulfilled. We need each other. So Father, thank you that across this place today, across all of our campuses today, you are touching thousands of people one by one by one. And Father, I pray for us. I pray that we would be a church that focuses on these eight things this year. God, I pray that you would help us to focus on our bottom two for the next couple of months and just start to, to plug those holes and, and raise the water level in those areas. And then, God, I pray that you'd give us the courage to step outside for a few minutes, to walk up to these tables, to shake hands, to high-five, to look people in the eye, to make conversation, that we might find brotherly kindness, relationships, maybe even love, which is the greatest thing. Jesus, we truly believe that this year could be the best year. And God, we commit as a church to set our sights on these things, that it might be so. 
We pray all of these things in Jesus' name. And everyone in all of our services who agreed said,